Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. What's up? Today is Thursday, September 7th, otherwise known as National Salami Day. Oh. Now, this is, one, this is one that hits close home to me for uh, because of my last name. That's always like the go-to nickname. Oh, yeah, that's funny. People think they're so creative. It, but do you like salami? Is salami the most sensuous of the cured meats? Or that's, is that... that's pastrami. Pastrami. Okay. Yeah. I, always get, I always get those confused. <laughs> Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I do like salami. I used to eat a fair amount of it as a child. It was a go-to nice. sandwich, a little salami and mayonnaise on a bun. All right. I can't argue with that. I don't know. I don't really have a lot to follow it up with. <laughs> I thought I was going to get a lot of blowback, but I guess not. No, it's cool. not too controversial. Then I guess we can just move right on to what we're working on. What do you got going on, Mike? I am uh, not doing a lot today. I'm just gathering materials and supplies for the upcoming projects. Um, This week, though, I will have my first welding project up on my channel. I think I talked a little bit about it last week. Um, But yeah, I welded. I built a fire pit out of some sheet metal that I picked up from a local supply here and just made a cool... I don't know, square fire pit with trapezoidal sides. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Check out the video. Let me know what you think. It was it was a really fun experience getting to weld. And I know that's something you just got done doing as well, Ben. I also welded a steel fire pit. Um, wow. So actually kind and of we cool. didn't even I'm plan missing it. out, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I it was a design I had worked on a long time ago and that my, my other sister, Emily, developed a prototype for. And it's just been sitting in my parents' backyard. And uh, uh, the first version that they did, it was they used rebar and it was just a little bit too thick looking. Um, so I've been sort of reworking the design and uh, yeah, uh, welded a pretty cool sort of geometric kind of hexagonal diamond shaped uh, fire pit and just finished that uh, yesterday and uh, gonna take it to some nice scenic outdoor locations to get some uh nice uh finished photography (laughs) yeah you're gonna go take it like somewhere outside of the backyard well i was thinking like uh and i've posted some teasers of it on on my instagram channel and i was trying to think like what i mean so it's very thin and you can kind of see through it which is cool because it kind of holds the fire up and up in the air and you can kind of see through the steel sort of skeletal structure to see where the the embers and stuff are. So for something yeah. like that, visually, you want kind of a very clean background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like a, a fence board, all the fence boards in uh, my parents' house where I built it are kind of rustic looking. So it's almost a little bit too much texture. So I think I'm actually going to take it to the beach where I can get kind of a nice, you know, sky uh, uh, sort of a, a background. So that the it'll really silhouette the bars of steel, and you can still nice. see the sort of fire. I thought you were gonna say you're gonna go to like a parking lot and just go behind the grocery store or something. That, <laughs> Get that, a little fire going back there. That could also work. A little less less uh, picturesque, but uh, there you go. At least it would create the same visual uh, definition. We could hire yeah, a couple maybe. bums to gather around or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would work. <laughs> Why I, not? I think I don't know what the word "bomb," but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, home challenged, domestically challenged. There you go, domestically challenged. Okay, maybe we should just drop that conversation. Yeah, I got a great segue with something else that I did this week. Uh, I just got <laughs> back it. yesterday from a big trip to IKEA. I'm starting a new little bit of series inside of Modern Builds called IKEA Hacks. And it should be a lot of fun. I went and bought a couple dressers, a bunch of bookshelves, uh, some tabletops. And I'm going to be, essentially the idea is I'm going to get some help from my friend Caleb uh, to help kind of film everything. That way we can do everything a little bit more run and gun where I don't, everything's not going to be on a tripod. There'll be a little bit more movement from the camera, which I think will just be funner to watch. Not to mention, mm-hmm. it's it, it's a lot easier to talk to the camera and like interact with the camera if there's a human there, I feel like, instead of just talking to yourself in an empty room. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun. But the idea is just kind of take boring, plain furniture from Ikea. They make a few, like some of the stuff is just uh, kind of finished, just plain pine. It doesn't really have any kind of veneer or anything on it to make it look very nice. So the idea is kind of take stuff like that, paint it, stain it, add veneer to it, all kinds of stuff to kind of 
make it look a little bit cooler for not a lot of money. So I think they'll fit great into the whole room renovation series that I've got going. Um, yeah. Cause I'm going to need quite a bit of furniture for them. And I think it's the, yeah. a slightly quicker way to produce the furniture than, you know, building a dresser from scratch. So, and still get kind of the same kind of payout and reach maybe a little bit more, maybe, I don't know if it's like a younger audience, more of a DIY audience than, than woodworking audience. So yeah. Plus, but it's got enough going on that I think my audience that I have already is going to be into it. So I teased it on Instagram, got a lot of really cool feedback in the comments. So I'm looking forward Sweet. to doing that. I think I'm going to be producing the first one this week. So wait, are you going to do the IKEA hacks as like a series or are you going to do it as like one sort of room makeover video? So with YouTube, I got entered or enrolled into this thing called YouTube TV, which allows me to break up my channel into individual kind of series. There's a lot of channels more in like the entertainment stuff than DIY that do this. I don't know anyone in DIY that's that's got this feature yet, but it allows you to instead of just putting your videos into a playlist, which aren't super intuitive and a lot of people don't look at very often, it it kind of lets YouTube know and it breaks it up within within my channel to where each series are kind of their own entity a little bit better so the goal going forward is just to do maybe an episode maybe two episodes a month of this and then having them be in their own series and kind of edit it a little bit differently maybe uh maybe a little faster paced a little more like a little more fun i guess Cool. With a, uh, are you going to use like titling of like ikea in the the things because they've been known to shut down uh, Ikea hack websites and stuff like that in the past. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I've seen that. Um, I don't know because I feel like just for the sake of a title that's obvious what the show is and is good for SEO, like the the yeah. title Ikea hacks is great because that's what people are searching for. As some, and as soon as someone reads it, they know, you know, what the what the series is. Um, but I've been like, Ikea. yeah, exactly. So I've been trying to think of like some kind of pun, like something Chris would come up with that goes with Ikea hacks, but so far I've got no luck. So who knows? <laughs> Listeners, but you're right. I probably should. I should probably go. think of something. Um, you got any suggestions, Chris? Just my Kia. That's all I my, got. My Kia. Yeah. yeah like yeah. You're making I like the idea of having hacks own. in there. My Kia hacks. My um, Kia hacks. <laughs> about just hack split my Kia. Ikea up into two words or misspell yeah. it. Hmm. I don't know. It's we'll think it. about it. If you got any, if anybody listening has some suggestions, uh, hit me up on Instagram. Or if you're a lawyer and are willing to defend Mike Pro Bono <laughs> when IKEA comes yeah. after him, also hit him up. Yeah, definitely, especially with that one. Real quick, go back to your your uh, fire pit, Mike. So yeah, because I know sometimes it's hard to describe that shape, and so I've built a couple like little trash cans that were that shape for our um, for my bathrooms. I always yeah. described it as an upside down pyramid with the top lopped off of it. You know, I found out that it's a inverted truncated pyramid because it's a go. pyramid oh, upside down. So it's inverted and then truncated, which I guess means it's chopped off at the top. I say yeah, that I in the video. Like, and I also say I had to look at Google to know what that is. But <laughs> yeah, that's like the fancy way of saying what I just said, I think. Exactly. Uh, it's like if you okay, had a pyramid, cool. so, flipped it upside down and cut off the top, which is now the bottom. Right. Yeah. Chop it off, flip it over. Exactly. Done and done. <laughs> so let's see. I've been uh, working on a dining room table. I started doing that this past weekend, although it got off to a pretty bad start when on Friday night the power went out at our house. We're in a, a really bad heat wave right now in California. Ooh. Or actually not right now, but we were over the weekend. So power went out, didn't get to do anything. All day Saturday it was out. And like for me, I don't know how you guys are, but that's like very, it's like psychological warfare when I have plans to like be working on something and I want to make all this progress and then I can't do anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, I got to do something productive. So what I ended up doing was my, my wife and kid, they went to the movies and then they went over to my parents' house where they could be in air conditioning. And I was like, I'm just going to put together as much of the CNC machine as I can. So I just sat there, there in the house. The house was like 95 degrees. I was just like, pouring buckets of sweat, but I was, <laughs> I'm just going to put this CNC machine together. So I didn't finish it, but I got pretty far on it. I made a lot of headway. Like I have it. Um, I got a lot of the, I'm about halfway through the wiring part of it right now. So Ooh. yeah, I, don't, I, don't I feel like that's the scariest part is all the wiring. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, I'm going to do, after I have the whole machine put together, I'll, I'll do a video where I'll make my first project with it and then do a little review of it within that. Um, 
I'm honestly like, I'm not good at this kind of stuff. And I don't want to jinx myself because I don't have it put together yet. But it seems like I'm getting through it okay. I mean, I won't know for sure until I start making those first cuts. But I figure if I can do it, anybody can do it because I'm really like not good at that kind of stuff. And it's, I'd almost equate it to a, a very difficult Lego set. Like there's a it's lot like of bionicles. steps and it can be daunting. Yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> hunker down and you just, just take it little piece by piece. Like, okay, all I have to do is just worry about these little pieces. I'll get them put together. And then, you know, if you can just focus on that, then after a couple hours, you step back and you're like, oh man, I made a bunch of progress. Yeah, it, like it's create funny that small that victories. Too, that sort of segues nicely into our topic, which is frustrations. But uh, I totally know what you mean. Like when you have something blocked out and you're getting all prepared and you have it marked on your schedule and you're like, okay, I'm gonna knock this project out this weekend. And then something like that happens, mm -hmm. the power goes out. And what's frustrating, particularly about the power going out, is you don't know when it's coming back on. No, you don't. <laughs> so you don't and know. And Edison okay. lies about it too. Right. I found do, out. <laughs> do I pick up uh, a bigger project, you know, or do I, you know, it's, it's hard to know what to do while you're waiting. Do you mm -hmm. take on something substantial and then it comes in like 15 minutes later after you already started something else? Yeah. Uh, no, again, that's why I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I always talk about having a sort of differentiated to-do list where you have multiple columns but that's a good thing to have is to always have that column uh to-do list items that aren't super urgent but you still need to get them done that can eat up sort of time when you're waiting for yeah. something else to to, to to come about or to happen um yeah it's been you know i'm just a couple hours north uh, from you right now and it's been quite hot as well and i've been doing a lot of outdoor work and so it's a different type of frustration of just it's funny like i don't think as well when it's like 95 to you know 110 degrees outside yeah it's like this the decision making just isn't there you know the <laughs> the, the the patience uh, uh lapses a little bit and it's much easier to get sort of frustrated and sort of annoyed by things particularly if something isn't going smoothly but so i had a little uh i got a paint sprayer and I've always liked the ideas of paint sprayers because if you're, you know, I was painting the inside of the, the solar shed and it has exposed two by four. So to paint around all the yeah. rafters and all that would be, Pain. yeah, would be very difficult. It would be frustrating. Didn't read the instructions. It was just like, uh -oh. okay, let me just load it up with paint, just fill it up and, and go for it. Because I didn't, you know, have the setting sort of right. Uh, it kind of spilled out a little bit. Like I overfilled it and didn't have the, the nozzle set right. And then it was so hot that that quickly gummed up before I could clean it out. Oops. And so then I was already like behind the eight ball when I finally got the settings right. It was already kind of all jammed up because I was using a really heavy exterior paint. <laughs> so I was just like so annoyed and it was totally avoidable if I would just read the instructions and followed it from the first place. So I had to take it all apart spend like half an hour cleaning it all out and then put it back together, read the instructions, set it up right. And then it's, it sprayed beautifully. But uh, yeah, that sort of hour and a half detour, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, parental advisory lyrics happening. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but once it was done, what would have taken probably like eight hours took like an hour and a half to, to do a yeah. whole coat on the whole inside of things. So I could just stand in the middle of it on, on a step ladder and just like pretty much with my arm, you know, spray the whole 10 foot by 12 foot uh, shed. That's nice. Really, really quickly and really evenly. So it was one of those things where there's a lot of frustration, but totally avoidable if I would just would have been methodical. And whatever time I saved by not reading instructions, I certainly lost by having to, you know, stop, take it apart, clean it, and then start back up again. Yeah. In general, are you guys good about reading instructions, would you no. say? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm usually pretty bad. My, my dad's pretty good about it. And he usually like kind of reminds me like, read the instructions, read the instructions. And so I'll at least like glance them over. I know, you know, I think they're usually filled with like 80% stuff that you don't need. That's why I but love it. But with the CNC kit. But the same oh, you need, kit, you're yes. reading the instructions. <laughs> Heck yes. And you know what's funny about the instructions for that one actually is they start off very detailed where like it almost makes you feel like a superhero when you're putting it together because you're like, oh man, like this is this like super complex machine and I'm putting it all together. And then they've gotten a little bit more vague as I've gotten deeper into it where like there's been a few parts where 
I've had to like find a video or something, and sometimes it's the older model that they're putting together, but it's it's still usually enough that you can kind of figure out what's going on, and um, or like even just like pulling up like a big enlarged picture of the machine so you can kind of see parts and exactly where they're talking about just to kind of get your bearings of different locations because if it's a tight shot like everything sort of looks the same but I would say overall as instructions go their instructions are pretty dang good because they really like break it down into sections they're long but it's because the build is long but like they don't have a lot of fluff in there or like you know weird warnings or anything like that so they're pretty good as instructions go that's good it's yeah usually whenever I buy tools and stuff I used to just kind of like get them out of the box and just like put them together and go but now yeah. I've tried to like really kind of like okay let me read the directions, make sure I'm setting, like if there's a spot that tells me how to make sure everything is square, I'm gonna run through the checklist, make sure everything's like cutting or drilling straight and stuff like that. And it it does pay off. I remember the first time I got a chop saw, I kind of just put it together, didn't really pay any attention, but the, the stop for zero degrees was mm -hmm. actually at like one degree. And so yep. for about a month and a half, everything was, you know, almost about, a, everything was about a degree off which kind of made assembling everything a little a little frustrating. Ooh, frustrating. There we go. That goes with the title. Because, That's a frustrating word. Yeah, you're cutting everything to the length that you think it should be, but it's not like lining up the way it should be. So setting up your tools is a big frustration avoider for sure. And like yeah, making God, sure things are square. It's right length on one side, but it's not the right length on the other side. Exactly, yeah. And then you're like <laughs> flipping boards back and forth to see like which way it lines up better. You know, it's like, which is the best of the two misfitting pieces? Yeah. But. Yeah, I think a lot of my frustrations uh, in making are normally a result of, you know, either poor planning or risking things too close around the margins. So it's ordering just the right, right amount of material and trying to get really cute with it. Uh, yeah. Or sort of just rushing through something without sort of deliberately uh, preparing. Of course, there's always the, you know, the sort of, you know, uh, acts of sort of nature things like, uh, you know, power outages power and outage. stuff like that, which are unavoidable. <laughs> um, but those things become infinitely more frustrating and annoying when you're kind of overscheduled and you have every sort of little second planned out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, those things I, I mostly am pretty good at sort of organizing around, although every once in a while I get a little too, too much in a hurry and uh, open myself up for a lot of annoyances. Here's, okay, this is kind of an aside, but it has to do with the frustration. So this would have been more when I was making furniture for people, you know, that were paying customers. But something that I did on my website recently, and I got this from the um, Made for Profit podcast, was uh, now I have in the, in the custom order section, if somebody wants to inquire about something, they fill out a form. And as part of it, I have them put their budget because it can be really frustrating when somebody says they want something and then you go back and forth with them for a couple emails and then you realize their budget was like this crazy unrealistic low amount. So now, you know, they fill that out. I can tell right off the bat if this is something serious or if I just have to say, oh, sorry, I can't help you at that price. Anyway, so one that came in the other day that I thought was really funny was basically the person wanted a, one of the trapezoidal, you know, like the Bad Larry uh -huh. uh, media console or whatever. And so they wanted that shipped to Atlanta and their budget was $50 to $250. And so it made and me think- And you couldn't like get I, it done? I couldn't get it done, man. I tried. Jeez. <laughs> no, but it made me think, <laughs> what thing in life am I that off about? Like would my, would my- uh, <laughs> Like just and, generally a, a, assuming so far off. Yeah, right. And what what I was thinking was, I feel like any rational person, if you said, okay, just think about this, just take your guess at whatever you think the materials are, the time, have you ever shipped anything this big? I feel like most people would guess quite a bit higher than that. So it, to me, it's like, okay, they just didn't think about it. That's like the only way you could come up with that $50 to $250 as a number. Yeah. So I was like- He's trying to my... lowball you like a pawn shop. He's like, I'll give you 50 yeah. bucks. And you're like, oh gosh. And then come Cash. back, like cut it down way more than you normally would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll pay cash though. I'll pay, I got yeah. I got cash in the drawer <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I don't know. That's something that it, I'm. I'm happy that it's not frustrating to me anymore because it doesn't have to be. But I could see where that used to be a big frustration for me and could still be for a lot of people. That seems really smart though. Adding that little because it, it's just a little thing on your contract form that'll make things a lot quicker. Yep. 
So I like it. That's kind of what I'm trying to do as well with having my buddy Caleb be a part of the whole IKEA hacks. Because I don't mm -hmm. want that. I don't want IKEA hacks to really disturb the flow of modern builds like weekly. So mm -hmm. uh, teaming up with him is great because the game plan is to make most videos to where I can film them in a day, two days right. tops. You know, including all the glamour shots at the end. I'm gonna have him do the the rough video edit to where all the tracks or all the all the clips are in place. Volume yeah. levels are kind of where they should be, sped up, slowed down, and all that kind of stuff. Where all I need to do is come in, add the music I want to add, uh, do any bits of voiceover that I got to do because I want to talk to the camera a little bit more while I'm doing stuff, and then mm -hmm. uh, you know maybe adjust little things. But just have him do 90% of the edit, and then what's most frustrating for me, I probably the most fr frustrating thing for the whole process of like from conception of a project idea to having the the video posted is doing the website article because mm -hmm. it's it's i don't know i just hate doing it i don't enjoy writing and it's just kind of like monotonous work in a way as well and it's something right. that in no need in, in no way needs me to do it so having having caleb be a part of that as well is going to be awesome because time you know time spent doing other stuff for modern builds is time that i'm not making actual videos which is actually working towards more content so hopefully right. it'll be less frustrating on my end and i'll be able to put out more videos which is a double positive there you go double positive so, exactly you don't hear that very often right oh wait no never mind That's no two, two, two positives don't make a negative <laughs> i flunked out of, <laughs> flunked out of math <laughs> awesome do we have any hypotheticals this week Oh, we got. We actually kind of have two. Oh, and we also oh. have some user submitted questions. So, what do you guys want to do? Hypothetical or regular questions first? Let's do a regular uh, let's question get a, first. Yeah, let's get a regular one in there. Okay, I got a few here. So let's see. Here, here's kind of a different one than we've gotten before. This comes from Alex Heap, who is AKA Designasaw on Instagram. Mm. He says, "Do you guys worry that the YouTube popularity is a bubble and might one day burst?" If so, how would you adapt your channel slash content to keep your business going in the future? Would you make a move to more traditional media? Question mark. No, I don't worry. And part of that is philosophical and that like those, whatever is going to happen with the internet landscape, it's right. going to happen whether or not I worry about it. So that's true. That's the first part. <laughs> but two, I also don't worry about it practically, even if I did see that happening, because I've always focused on producing content not necessarily focusing just on one platform yeah so i think there's a lot of options I, th I think what's important and what i've always considered myself is a video production agency so there's a ton of ways i can monetize that i can monetize that directly to the brands and youtube has always been a pretty it's not my biggest revenue source it's not even in the top eight of revenue right. sources and it's not my biggest uh, audience anymore. Uh, I can get more views on Facebook videos in, I think, just in this last six months, I've had my content viewed more on Facebook than in the entire history of, of, of my videos on YouTube. Oh, wow. So with those two things, I know that uh, I know or I trust in my ability to create interesting designs and interesting content. So whether or not uh, I find audience on YouTube or Facebook or something else, or I just produce branded content that that uh, uh, sponsors uh, then post on their channels, uh, I'll have a lot of options for doing that. I think it's the minute you focus on one platform is the minute you sort of make yourself sort of vulnerable to those things. But I think they'll. Uh, I certainly think people will continue to watch. Uh, more video and uh, I think they'll uh, you know where where people watch it may change but if you're focusing on product integration and design and instructional content there's gonna be a lot of homes for that yeah I agree Mike, yeah are you I was gonna say something okay uh, pretty much pretty similar down that same vein but it kind of parallels with uh, you guys know what vine is right or what vine yep. was yeah it's oh, like yeah. the it's kind of the social media type thing sort of similar to Instagram, but it was all based around six second videos. So a lot of like comedian types would do it and they had really big audiences. Uh, Twitter owned it, but earlier this year it like shut down. They just closed the doors and you know, people that had 5 million followers on Vine or a million followers on Vine now had zero followers on Vine. 
the smart right. ones were on Instagram and kind of still had a core audience and the rest of them uh, that wanted to do it were able to, you know, build up a new core audience, whether it was on Facebook or Instagram, depending on what kind of content they wanted to get into. So right. if something similar happened to YouTube first, I think, you know, there's obviously like pl sites like Vimeo and stuff like that. And I don't think it would be Vimeo, but I'm sure there would be another website or platform that tried to fill the void of YouTube because yeah. no one does relative like 15 minute content the way YouTube does. But no, I would just I would try and focus on Instagram a lot more heavily and then try and figure out what's going to take the take the spot of YouTube because the viewers aren't going anywhere. It's just the platform. So where are the viewers yeah. going? I'm going to follow. Yeah, yeah I, oh, go ahead. I think that even more so than what's going to take the place of YouTube, I think that if it goes away, it's because something already took the place of it. Right. So exactly. we're going to see it happen. Um, are you going to be the, the one that jumps ship early? Yep. Piling out. So yep. It's burning. Um, no, but in a way, I, I don't want to say that I would welcome it, but I would kind of see it as an opportunity for somebody like myself because I don't want to sound conceited, but I think that my content is good. And I think that <laughs> if we all started over with nothing and a level playing field, whereas like, you know, the, the biggest detriment that I feel like I have right now is just lack of time in. I feel like, because that's always my big regret, is like, man, why didn't I start doing this two years ago? Where would I have been if I had started two years ago? And that's the thing that I can't change and I can't control at this point, but I can control continuing to make good videos and you know, hopefully make better videos going forward and just continue to improve. So I'd almost look at it as like an opportunity to like, hey, there's the reset button. The reset button just got hit. Now, like I can almost like up my level or my status of where I'm at in, in right. the landscape right now. Yeah. Right. The sort of a little finger chaos is a ladder kind of theory. Like, well, we saw what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But no, it, it, you're, you're right. There, there, within that change, there would be opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I still think about it when I started my architecture firm. And this was, you know, back in 2005, 2006 is when we were sort of planning it. And we were young and we had no experience, but we built a lot of our competitive advantage around websites is that all the architecture firms we were competing with were run by 40 to 50 year old people and their websites were all sort of had these really long flash intros if they even had a website and those flash <laughs> intros didn't do well with search engine optimization so for us starting you know coming into a, a, a realm where we had no experience and no portfolio you know we were able to use what was still relatively new as a big advantage. If YouTube started to go away and some other platform was coming in or is just going away because let's say, you know, some, you know, FCC sort of ruling or something like that said, Oh, you can't do, can't do that. Uh, right. I would, you know, you know, I wouldn't like it cause I'd have to figure things out, but I like the, I, I think there would still be opportunities as Chris sort of alluded to, if you trust in your ability to create good content, then you don't worry about those things. You see them as, oh, wait, I'm good at this. So whatever, and I, I believe there'll be an audience for it. People aren't going to suddenly change and not want to watch these kind of things. It'll just be, can I scramble and I, you know, and redeploy my library with whatever's next efficiently mm -hmm. and, and do well with it? Yeah, I think it would be almost like a short-term setback where it's going to be like the dust is going to be up and then eventually it's going to settle and then I think it would be fine. So yeah. just be weathering that kind of short-term storm. That's interesting. Would you guys upload everything you've posted on YouTube straight to it as well? You mean like to the next YouTube or whatever? Yeah, like to whatever's next or whatever um, if that happens. I, yeah, I mean I'd probably start with like putting out a bunch of content, maybe not everything all at once. Yeah. But um, I, I mean it'd be weird because that's the thing is you figure your core initial audience is probably going to be the same people who've already right, but, been there. But so you're like not going to be able to take your foot off the throttle at all. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd put I'm it kind all of up there. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming like most people, I guess, would just kind of like the first day they sign up, just put all 40 or all 80 of their videos that they've done up. But I don't think right. I would do that. I wouldn't put up my first like 30 or 40 videos probably. Oh, so you're saying you'd actually like have some that would just be out of the rotate, like this video yeah. Not going to be a, a video anymore. Probably like my first thirty videos probably wouldn't make it, but wow, you, yeah. maybe later. You but it would kind of be like, like a classics. nice ox. But exactly, and then it would kind of be the same opportunity where you're looking at fresh start as like, yeah, I can kind of get rid of like, 
the videos I made whenever I was just starting that weren't so hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sweet them out. It's a clean yeah, slate probably, in another way. I'd probably focus more on the website and then use my own sort of hosting for the for the videos and then sell my sell my own ads in, into them and cut out the, the middleman. Yeah, I think it would. I, I honestly think, and they kind of talked about this on the Making It podcast a few months back, I remember. I, I really think that it would be the type of thing where there'd be groups of people that would band together and kind of start new platforms. It would be a smaller audience in total, obviously, but it would be higher up in that funnel and you would have more control over you know, real the advertising roots. side of it. Yeah, I, I really think that a, that would be something that would happen if not but for do the you fact think that, that there's probably something yeah. bigger that takes the place of the platform. Yeah. Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if both happened. Like if YouTube quit, another, you know, big platform would try and take that place while other people are also kind of trying to start like more niche, like hosting services as well. Um, but I bet like the big platform would end up in, in like a year or so kind of just taking all that audience. I don't know though. It'd be interesting yeah. to see. It'd be cool. It'd be a shakeup. It would be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really much more simple. It's like, it would be like if you make a product and for us, we make videos and you know people there's a demand for that product but the store or your distributor closes you just look for other distributors uh and right. you try to like you know you pay attention to general trends and stuff like that of what's happening with uh digital video and for sure i have my eye on facebook because i i see how how you know what kind of massive view numbers happen uh on that platform so right uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and seeing that and seeing people's daily use of Instagram, you know, I, you know, uh, about, about a year ago, I focused a lot on really trying to build up Instagram because I was realizing that most, most of my friends don't watch YouTube. It's mm. very rare that I have dinner with somebody, uh, and they talk about YouTube, es especially people that I know in sort of cities. Um, you know, they're, YouTube is is more of a time commitment and they're I think you know uh, out and about but they're on Instagram and Snapchat all the time so uh, now I it's to the point where I have a lot of people that that know of my work and watch all or, or check out a lot of my projects but have never watched any of my YouTube videos they just consume it all on Instagram oh wow so yeah uh, yeah you know YouTube is one audience and uh, it, I think it's it's the audience expectations relative to sort of format and length work well for what we do, but uh, it shouldn't be our only focus now, and we should be diversified both for the success of YouTube, but also its uh, you know potential demise. Um, yeah, I mean, I if you think, look at like uh, just like products, you know, you Doritos know, doesn't only sell at Target; they're in Walmart, they're in every grocery store. So there's no reason, like, if our videos are a product, there's no reason they should only be consumed on YouTube, right? What kind of Doritos do you guys consider your videos to be? <laughs> salsa verde, flamas. <laughs> I don't even know the that spicy one. ones. I, I don't like Doritos. I think, I think they're Doritos. flamas. I, I don't just know. Says flames. I think Doritos are trash. <laughs> Cool Ranch and nacho cheese are my jam. Thank They're you, good. sir. Yeah, no, Doritos, Doritos are straight trash. <laughs> are we going okay. for Doritos now? I don't know. I'm going to defend Doritos. That's the new Applebee's no, and Doritos? No, because I'm not going to get no. behind it. Cool Watch Ranch out. Doritos are delicious. And uh, nacho cheese ones are good, too. They're terrible for you, but I like them. Oh, oh Speaking of Applebee's, I was in Home Depot uh, in Santa Barbara. <laughs> and Wait a one minute. Of, yeah, one of, one of the associates. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I was asking him to to get down uh, a toolbox. I had to go get the forklift and stuff, and he recognized me. And then he said, "He's like, I agree. Applebee's is terrible." <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, he's like, "I was pretty sure it was you," but then I saw the tattoo and said, so "I knew it was you." You know, <laughs> you I, I had my first uh, being recognized moment that wasn't being yelled at from a moving car. Um, I was at the lumber yard on Friday, and a couple, a guy was like, "Hey, man, can you help me grab this?" He's like, "Actually, I recognize you." And then you know, we talked for a little bit and shook his hand. Then his friend came over and he like pointed at me. He's like, I follow you on Instagram. Oh, nice. nice. That's only it's, ever happened to me cool. one time. Yeah. It's the one time. Has it happened to y'all like pretty often? That's the, that's the first time I've had it. 
Yeah. Well, and I was ben, in a lumber yard, so it's not quite like just, you know, being at Best Buy or something. At conferences yeah. is where it happens. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. At like Haven and at the upcoming Workbench conference, which yep. we're all going to, <laughs> which, you know, uh, shout out to WorkbenchCon. All of you guys should uh, come and uh, go to our Instagram and click on the link in the bio to find out about it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and we but, had just real quick on that. We had uh, we updated the the code now because our old code wasn't working for some reason. We had a is it code for in. what percent off or what? It's the best deal that I think that you can get. <laughs> so I don't know. It doesn't exactly get better than is. this, right? So but the, the code the code word is modern, and it's got it all right there in the in the bio of the Instagram. It's it's got the word there and oh, lowercase okay. and all that stuff. So new offer code. Sorry for the people that tried to do it. Um, so if you were trying to get tickets, uh, try again and use the promo code modern all lowercase. Cool. But yeah, no, at, at the conferences and stuff like that, I, I definitely get, uh, people that will come up and ask. You're me like a celebrity there, man. I would say it's more of a, of a, of a peer or you, it, yeah, yeah. You know, I hate that douchey term thought leader, but, uh, uh, <laughs> thought leader. uh this guy, uh, no. put that on my business card. If you're giving a talk, <laughs> that's at your a new Instagram bio. Thought yeah. leader. Thought if you're giving leader. a talk at a conference, uh, of which, you know, is, is of a sort of a, a niche, uh, subject matter. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not surprising that people will, will, you know, yeah. want to come up and talk to you and, and recognize you. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I hope I don't regret saying this, but I'm. I'm actually really looking forward to that, to getting to meet people. Oh 100%, yeah, it's, it's yeah. fun. It was really cool. Whenever the event in Oklahoma was the first kind of event where people that were doing what we're doing and kind of our peers were there, and it was cool, like meeting other people that were like, "Hey, man, I liked that project you did," and I was like, "Oh, well, thanks." And then you kind of get into a cool conversation with people. So yeah, it seems like it'll it'll put a new uh, dynamic to it of like you know right now you have a lot of interaction with people but it's all just like you know through email or Instagram or whatever but it'll be different to like actually talk to people in real life and it, yeah. it's really useful too I think uh, and I'm not just saying that to be nice and encourage people to come up and talk to me but like even like this last uh, weekend when Mike was here and Jason uh, Andrade was helping us with the solar. You know, Jason has seen a lot of our content, so he had a lot of suggestions built up that he can't all fire off in like one super long email. Right. So when you sit down and talk to it, he has like a whole back catalog of our content that he's watched and with his sort of electrical and technical expertise was able to give a lot of ideas and input in a relatively short amount of time. So it was a hugely beneficial uh, conversation for me to have because I was getting a lot of expertise that I don't have. Uh, that was specifically related to my work. What if he just like went through every single one of your videos? And is like now a fire pit's cool, but what yeah. about a solar fire pit? And then just every single one was just make it solar. I love yeah. this sofa, but solar <laughs> sofa. It'll charge your Are phone you and me? you can sit on it. That'd be that's some some good feedback. You know, cool. you wouldn't so use like, solar for that. You would you would do a uh, what are those things where they take heat and use that to make energy? So like the oh. heat radiating from your butt, you can use that to charge your phone. <laughs> you just fart into it. <laughs> yeah, and your end table is one of those. You just set your phone on it and it charges. Yeah, that'd Flatulence be, energy. That would be more like, yeah, like some sort of biomass yeah. Uh, yeah. thermal. <laughs> it lights your fart on fires and that boils water and then the steam generates energy. There you go. We're out here changing the world, people. Yeah, we are. That's the future. <laughs> awesome. Well, we got a hypothetical for this week. We do. So we have a... Let's, let's go with a user-submitted hypothetical, um, if I can scroll down. Okay, here we go. Comes in from Andy Johnston. He says, it's 200 years in the future, and you are, known and well, you are a known and well-respected figure, similar to how the Wright brothers are today. It's known that you are a social media content creator as well as a maker, but you will only be famous for one of these things. Which would you be famous for? I would be a maker because there's going to be plenty of people that are famous on the internet, but people will remember like famous designers, the like Frank Lloyd yeah. Wrights and the, I mean, granted, I don't know that I will ever get to that kind of prestige. I, I, I think doubt you've already I ever surpassed will. him, buddy. Yeah. It, ooh, <laughs> very generous. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if I were able to be like famous on the same level that like Maloof and those type of people are, that'd be really cool rather than just be another like social media person that was famous for making yeah. videos. Cause there'll be a lot of, you know what I mean? 
I feel like that's better company too. I could be in company with like those kind of famous people or like I don't Roman Atwood and I'm like, ugh, I'd rather be with them, you know? <laughs> Who's Roman Atwood? Oh uh, shots fired. He's like a YouTube guy. He makes like, uh, like just really shitty content. Just like overall, just like it's very is he do like shallow and pedantic. <laughs> shallow do <what>? and pedantic. <laughs> so, wait, like pranks, go. prank video kind of stuff. Yeah, it does yeah, like it's prank like stuff, pranks and vlogs and just like just 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 not good stuff. Uh-oh. Like like IKEA hack kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like all <laughs> under the guise of like good family content, but it, he's kind of that. I don't know. He's just. He's playing the people. He's playing them, you know? Yeah. I hear you. I don't know. I mean, I think just the the part I'm trying to get my head around is that it's 200 years in the future. And Uh am I, like, alive to enjoy this? Because if I'm not, I don't really care. I I don't (laughs) think so. Because I thought that at first, How do you want your great, great, great grandchildren to remember you? Uh, I don't care. Um, Like... I don't mean that. I don't care. I I really don't. I I, I don't think that far. I mean, it's like I'm still still struggling with sort of five or ten year goals, which I don't really really have. Like I better start getting those two hundred year goals down. Yeah. So (laughs) it's also I think I think it's really dangerous, and you are more susceptible to becoming really douchey the more you think about your legacy in real time. I think it's more about. Uh, thinking about areas of inquiry that you want to explore and be productive in. But the more you try to shape how people are going to see you, the more you become like Alex Rodriguez, right? Like, uh, you know, it's like everyone always makes fun of A-Rod or Mm -hmm. people like LeBron, right? Which they were ridiculously talented and good at what they did. But in some ways, it felt like they were trying to sculpt their image so much that it made them seem not genuine. And when I sort of watch people that are achieving excellence that should go down as like some of the best at what they did, but it's, but it's kind of be kind of like in many ways sort of ridiculed. And I owe it largely to that where they're they're not content just being great and letting that sort of speak. They're trying to overly manicure their own persona. So I try not to think about things like that. I try to think about more like what do I think is meaningful to pursue and discover and experiment in? but not try to sort of be uh, crafting my own legacy. I, I think people will see right through that really quick and uh, uh, you'll look like someone that's kind of douchey. I will go maker simply because I think that that is something that will last forever. Like people will always, people who've made things will always be famous for having made those things. Whereas yeah. famous for being a social media content creator, like. That could mean nothing in 200 years from now. It would be the equivalent of being like, you know, famous Morse code typer in her. You know, it's like some antiquated thing that nobody cares about anymore. So I think that's the the obvious answer for me. And bless you, Ben. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I don't know about that, though. Because, I mean, if you were to ask most people, do they know of more actors or celebrities before they were born or more inventors? Well, true. That's hard to say because the inventor's part goes back indefinitely, whereas actor really doesn't. That's true. Yeah. So, like, how many actors? That's true. Because in the past hundred years, I could name more actors, but if you go back two hundred years, you can think of like the Ben Franklins, the Thomas Jeffersons, the Edisons. But I couldn't tell you a single actor or just generally famous person from like the seventeen hundreds or the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Also, I think another part of the question is. At the end of the day, I think all of us are kind of like Ben, where we don't really care about the (laughs) legacy so much, but we want to, we care about the making side of it. And so if you choose to be remembered as a maker, then inherently you made things, which is what we all want to do. So it's kind of biased in that way. Yeah. And you'd probably make good videos about it too, right? You got to have a good project for a good video. Yep. Right. The other thing to remember too, though, is that right now in the moment we kind of look at social media uh notoriety as being kind of trashy but Mm -hmm. i'm sure when television first came along people looked at it the same way uh when you know when newspapers came came uh around people thought oh you're a really good newspaper writer like is that a real job right right (laughs) there there was a, a you know when any new media comes around you know the old 
version of that media sort of chastises it and sort of makes fun of it as sort of of the moment and trashy. And then later on, it gets sort of it gets celebrated. I mean, I remember when podcasts first came out and people that were on real radio would sort of make fun of podcasts. Right. But now who now NPR to... is making like a dozen of them. Yeah. So any any yeah. radio show pretty much has a podcast of itself. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing I would, I would sort of, you know, what may seem like the newfangled, crazy, you know, superficial thing now may become the sort of co- cornerstone institution. There you go. That's our take on 200 years in the future. Yeah. But mostly All right, what do you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Chris, what I are heard we you obsessed t- about? Who wants you to took my music off? recommendation huh? from last week. You took my music recommendation from oh, last yeah, yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to it. I liked them. They're cool. You know what Is it, it your current of, obsession now? It's my current obsession, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm not going to. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to take the easy way out. But they reminded me of this band, Real Estate, that I would listen Ooh. to a bit. You heard them? What, are you going to go put them on? Hey, look at you. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, great. It's, it's got that same kind of vibe to it. A hundred percent. Yep. Mike just held up an album of them, by the way. Oh yeah, probably those of you only listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all you can do. Yeah, but my current obsession, actually, okay. Have you guys have you guys ever looked at those Nike ID shoes? Those are the shoes where you can customize them. Uh, Yeah. Uh huh. So I've I've been wanting to get a good pair of Nikes for like wearing in the shop and to be comfortable and all that kind of stuff. Maybe some like running shoes or something. And when I was a little kid, I loved shoes. That was like my first like aesthetic obsession was shoes. I loved them. I remember like my parents would have to tell me to keep my head up because I was walking around looking down, just like looking at shoes all the time. And so the shoes that I loved were the 89 Jordans, the Jordan 4s. And especially now, you like them? Yeah. The white, red, and black. I love those shoes. They're good vintage. Yeah. They look so, they're so like cool 80s looking. They are. Anyway, so I found these um, these Air Maxes that are like some old ones. I think they're called like Air Max 90s, and they're where you can customize them all. So I did them up to kind of be like an homage to the 89 Jordans, and I've had them in my cart for like, I don't know, probably a week now, and they're like a, they're almost like 140 bucks, and I'm like, am I worth it? Am I worth $140 shoes? My wife, she keeps telling me to order them, but I just like can't click that button for some reason. Well, let's let's keep it with sort of shoes obsessions because uh, <laughs> this is actually a good timing. Um, so I, I would say also with shoes, like so I, I really like classic silhouettes of things. And so one of my buddies, uh, Ryan, uh, he founded a shoe company called The Greats, which is I think it's still the fastest growing shoe uh, American shoe company right now. What is it? Um, the Greats? The Greats. Uh, okay. So I think on, on Instagram, they're just Greats or Greats brand or something like that. But they're 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 pretty big but they just took really classic silhouettes like the the kind of like shoe profiles that you're used to seeing and they mm-hmm. just made them really high quality you know uh, simple sort of timeless shoes so it's they're they're similar to like common projects or something like that but about half the price but same level of quality and i think often made at the same factories and stuff but for me i really like you know it, it totally speaks to my sort of design aesthetic is you know, with, with, with everything I have, I love finding like the pair of jeans that works for me and then just replacing those. So right. I don't like, you know, uh, if I, you know, when I, when I buy my next car, it, it'll be sort of torn between buying a really classic one versus sort of a newer one. And so I like companies that just sort of mm-hmm. invest in making really high quality, basic things. I like Muji. I like the greats. I like, I like, uh, uh alternative apparel, Things like that, where they just make plain, simple stuff that doesn't have a lot of stripes or patterns or things that are sort of of the moment, but instead sort of focus on a profile or sort of basic design and then just sort of keep it contemporary with the sort of technology and materials. Yeah, it's funny. I'm checking them out right now. Like, I see they have a few different styles. So, like, the sneaker kind of style, it almost reminds me of like the Nike Cortez, but like if you took all the logos and everything off of them, they're just very minimalist looking. Very cool. Yeah. My obsession is styrofoam insulation. Just like the the one inch or two inch. Like the spray kind? No, no, no. The boards. Uh, I've seen plenty of do it. I've seen people do it forever, but I don't know why I haven't. But using that as your like cutting surface for a circular saw is the perfect thing. 
I don't know why I never did it. They're also really good for. They're like a, a instead of knee pads. Like if you have to get on the ground a lot, I always just throw those things oh. down and saves your knees. Yeah. Uh, for this recent welding project, I finally tried out my first pair of knee pads. I think it's like pride had always kept me from from getting them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for things like sort of welding and stuff like that, and I really got them at first because uh, you know I'm traveling, so I only have like one pair of work pants, and it has holes in the knees, and like sparks from the welding yeah. kept flying uh, into like burning my knees. So I got like the knee pads more for like coverage, but I was like, oh, wait, this is kind of handy. Oh, yeah, man. There have been times where I've been like, I don't know if I was putting baseboards on or something where I'm just like sliding around the floor in my knee pads. I'm like, oh, these are awesome. <laughs> you look like you're about to go rollerblading, but it's okay. <laughs> I used to love rollerblading. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess that was I guess that was the right time, huh? I was the right age for rollerblading. Uh, rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> Just down the boardwalk like short, on shorts some... and ski boots with wheels on them. Yep. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is that awesome. A, is that it? We're wrapping it up? Yep. Yeah. Get it, Chris. Again, hopefully uh, this wasn't too disjointed of a episode. We had some technical difficulties, but I think we powered through. There's a lot of that. You know when you're talking to somebody who's just crazy or you don't hear what they say and you're just like, yep, yep, just kind of nodding yep. along? There might mm-hmm. be a lot of that in this episode, but hopefully not because <laughs> we all like what each other said. But, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll edit it up as mu- as best we can. I'll try it. So hopefully this means nothing to you. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Go check out. And look out. forward to the weekend episode where I interview Ben this time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, really, I know I already oh, told you ahead. off the air, but I really enjoyed that episode. It was cool. It was, I learned stuff about you that I didn't know from you know doing this podcast with you and what we've talked off there. So it was cool to kind of hear like a deeper origin story and especially... Yeah. Hearing about like the kind of, um, you know, when you go into this, how I think to a lot of outside people, it's like that you look crazy in some way. Like, what's Mike doing? So it was cool yeah. hearing about that because I definitely <laughs> had those same kind of feelings and like thought people would have those concerns about me. So, yeah, it was a really cool interview to listen to. I'm yeah. Looking it was forward very, to uh, this week's. Yeah, I think it was a good one. So look forward to that. And there will be a video up on our YouTube channel of that one as well. So... If you're not subscribed to the Modern Maker Podcast YouTube channel, go do that. If you're not following on Instagram, do that. And Chris, anything else? I I think that's it, man. You know where to follow us all. Go do it. And we'll see you on Saturday. Bye, everybody. Later. Peace.